This is the Building Resilience Podcast, episode 167, Heartwork Journaling with special guest Maritza Perra. Welcome to Building Resilience, a podcast where theory, practical strategies, and inspiring stories show you how to unlock your best life. I'm your host, Leah Davidson. As a certified life coach, speech-language pathologist, and nervous system resilience expert, it is my mission to teach you how to be more resilient to life's adversities. I will show you how to manage your mind, befriend your nervous system, process your emotions, and even eliminate stress. It's time to do more than just survive. It's time to thrive. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Building Resilience Podcast. I am enjoying a beautiful sunny day here as I'm recording in Toronto. I love the sun. It really, really gives me a boost. But with the sun comes the cold. That's how it works here. If you see blue skies and sun, you often get frigid temperatures. But I'll take it. We have had far too many cloudy days. My nervous system needs some sun. Does yours? I bet it does. And of course, I love talking about my nervous system and I have some super fun things that are coming up that I'm going to be announcing this spring for you. So stay tuned. I'm going to be teaching a class mid-March. So keep your eyes open to register. I'll be sending out emails, of course, and posting on social media at Leah Davidson Life Coaching. And you can check the show notes because there will be links to sign up. And I'll tell you a little bit more about it next week because today I want to focus on this episode and my very special guest. As you know, I'm all about the nervous system. And while processing emotions is not the same as regulating your nervous system, there's a lot of overlap. And I also love, love, love to learn. It is my top strength in the Clifton Strength Finders, which means I'm always on the lookout for things that will boost my nervous system resilience, help me process emotions, manage my mind, strengthen my relationships, and just learn more tools. And last year, at the end of the year, I came across an ad on Facebook about a workshop called Doodling Your Emotions. Well, emotions caught my eye but I'm not an artist, so the doodling turned me off, so I pushed it aside. The ad popped up again. Strange that. I mean, I know it's the algorithm, but I also believe that when something is placed in front of me multiple times and it resonates with me, because yes, I know how it works, they keep targeting you, and I'm totally fine with that because I also trust that in addition to the Facebook powers that be, I like to think that I'm always guided by my higher power. I can trust my gut or my intuition. And sometimes the message does arrive by Facebook ads. So don't knock them. Anyhow, I decided to sign up for this this workshop. I loved the workshop. I loved the teacher. I loved it all. I ended up signing up for the year-long membership. And I've been doing bits and pieces of it. What resonated for me is that I found a great creative outlet and meditative activity that helps soothe my nervous system, and it's a new way for me to process emotions, which I think we are sorely lacking those skills. Now, in my advanced training in nervous system resilience in level two, we do a much deeper dive into how to do this because it is such an important skill. So I'm always happy to learn new ways. So what am I referring to? It's called Heartwork Journaling, and it was created by my guest today, Maritza Para. So let me share a little bit about her. 
Maritza Pera spent most of her career as a classical dressage equestrian, performer, and breeder of Andalusian and Lusitano horses. She built a thriving newsletter list of horse enthusiasts and sold instructional DVDs, books, products, and riding clinics at her farm. Now, along the way, she began coaching women. After a riding accident in 2015, she decided to hang up her boots and sold her farm and horses in 2017. She wrote the book, Heartwork Journaling, in 2018. Doodle Your Emotions series launched in 2020, and Heartwork Journaling University was founded in 2020 as well. The Heartwork Journaling certification program began in 2022. Through these programs, she has helped thousands of people around the world learn how to coach themselves to and through anything using simple creativity tools. She spends her time doing what she loves, coaching and creating lessons for students in Heartwork Journal University and teaching future Heartwork Journal University instructors and coaches. So today, I'm going to introduce you to Maritza and share a bit about her work and my experience with her work. Enjoy the conversation. Welcome, Ritza. I am so happy to have you here today on the podcast. I'm excited to dive in. I have so many things to ask and to share. But first, could you give our listeners just a little bit of background about yourself? Well, I got into personal development because I was in the worst time of my life, going through a divorce, going through infertility, having major panic attacks. I couldn't go into public, which when you have to get a job, because I had stopped working to try to get pregnant. And then I had to get a job. I was, oh my goodness, it was terrible. I would like run into the bathroom, try to resist the panic, and it was just awful. So I wanted to figure out like what my part in the divorce was. And I also wanted to explore my feelings about my body. And I thought that it was broken. I thought, the one thing that women are made to do, I couldn't even do. So that was like the conversation going on in my head. So I turned off the cable in my home. I just started reading all kinds of books that I hadn't been open to before. And I realized that I had a lot to do with the divorce. I was very controlling. I was a perfectionist. I had come from raised by a really high on the narcissist scale father and so you never knew when somebody was going to blow up. So I didn't have lo lots of safety in my body all the time. Yeah. And he would lecture us for so long that I would get visual distortions. And it was just terrible. So I just dove into kind of how to fix myself was the theme at that time. Mm -hmm. And during that time, I had more free time because I didn't have TV. And <laughs> um, so I would come home and read. I was learning so much about emotions and about our brain and about all kinds of different types of personal development. And I couldn't wrap my brain around some of it. For example, thoughts create your reality and the role of emotions. So I went back to something that I'd done in high school and college, which is doodling. And in high school and college, I was not the most popular person at school, but one of the ways that I did things for people so they would like me is doodles. 
And so with my college roommate, we would doodle, I would doodle like all the boyfriends and like their little <laughs> characteristics. Oh, I, I love that. All, yeah, it was so fun. We'd put the current one that she was dating on the refrigerator and I would just doodle all the things that would happen to us. And it brought so much. It was like so fun and so joyful for everyone. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to doodle. Like, what can I appreciate today? And I was in such a bad place that I just had to find the tiniest thing. Right. You know, the wind yeah. feels good today. And so I doodle myself like enjoying the wind or the butterfly. And little by little, I started creating a relationship with a little doodle of me. Yeah. And yeah. I used the doodles to kind of figure out what they were saying in the books. And kind of be like, okay, they're saying thoughts, they're saying this, they're saying that. And so I started adding elements to the doodles and it helped me so much. And after a year of doing this work on myself, I decided to start a meetup group. And I said, I'm going to teach this. I'm going to experiment with this with like real people because it's helped me so much. And so I started the meetup and the first day, one person came. And it was just this guy. And I was like ashamed and embarrassed. And I was like, no one cares. And I said, well, I'm going to help him anyway, the best I can. And, but I had told myself, I'm committed to doing a meetup group every Wednesday night. And so I had, I was like, am I going to keep doing this? Like nobody cares. And I said, I'm, I committed to doing this in my brain. So I'm right. going to do it. Mm -hmm. And it grew and grew and grew. And I had, I, at first it was like in a grocery store community room uh -huh. that I held it. And then it grew to a large size. So I found an art gallery that had a little cafe. So they would open it up. And the only payment was me saying, hey, guys, let's eat something, buy something from the cafe. So because they're giving us this space for free. So every Wednesday, I would come in with like a new lesson. I would come in with like a new awareness and I would lead people through these different things. And then I would get feedback from the ones who kept coming. And I was like, I think there's something here. Yeah. And somebody in the group actually started asking me, will you coach me? And I'm like, no, I'm not a coach. I will not <laughs> coach you. So this went on for weeks. And I had actually gotten a coach for myself. I had a therapist and a coach at that time. And so I told the coach and she said, why not? Obviously, not? she thinks you can help. So why don't you help her? So I said, okay, I'll coach you for this much money. I think it was like $100 an hour. I don't remember. So it was like a six-week package. And so we did it in person since the meetup was in person. So she was driving to my house and the car was coming up the driveway and I got on my knees in the kitchen and I was like, God, please like help <laughs> me help this person. I don't know what I'm doing. I need your help. And so I helped her and I saw, oh my gosh, I actually really helped her. So that's how my coaching career started. That's amazing. Got, yeah, it was, it, well, it was amazing. But also later on, I thought it would be that easy the whole time. Yeah. And it wasn't. So I had to learn how to do marketing and how to yeah. do selling. But yeah, it was, that was the beginning of everything. Yeah. And now you have a thriving community. Can you tell us just a bit about the community? And then I want to share my experience with the community because I, this is why I wanted to have you on because I just love oh it. Oh my gosh. 
Well, in it was during the pandemic, and I had been thinking of starting a membership to teach mm -hmm. this for a long time. I had been teaching my one-on-one -on -one clients how to use the doodles, how to use the different lessons and tools. And in the pandemic, I said, okay, I actually talked to a friend who was an entrepreneur, and I was like, yeah, I still think I'm going to wait a couple of years. And she's like, what are you talking about? People are really suffering right now. People are scared. You need to do this now. So I hung up with her and I was like, okay, yeah, I do. So I spent three months figuring out what the membership was. And it's called Heartwork Journaling University. And that's the membership. But then I didn't want to pay for Facebook ads because right. I'd done Facebook ads before. So I said, okay, what is something that is a no-brainer, amazing offer that's kind of a taster of what's in Heartwork Journaling University? And so it took me three months to come up with all of it. And it, so I created Doodle Your Emotions, a mm -hmm. series, a workshop. So I take the enrollment money from Doodle Your Emotions and I pay it back to Facebook so that they can bring me more people. I've done Facebook ads before to free things and mm -hmm. I don't like that. I don't yeah. like that. I don't want to take. And one of my latest launches, I spent 73000 in ads. Imagine I would have had to take that out of my pocket if right. I didn't have doodle your emotions. Right. We're right. about to do another one. And I'm planning on spending over $100,000 in ads. So I'm so happy that I created awesome yeah. no-brainer offer yeah. so that I can like just bring yeah. in more people and so that they can be exposed. Yeah. And I always know that a poor portion of people from that is going to go into right. um, working uh, more deeply. That was me. Yeah, it's <laughs> so fun. I somehow came across, somebody had posted somewhere, this Doodle Your Emotions workshop. And because emotions so closely tied to the nervous system, I thought, oh, that sounds interesting. So I took your workshop. And as I was taking your workshop, I'm not an artist. I don't consider myself very talented. Actually, my husband and my stepdaughter are truly artistic. They, you know, my husband does paintings and they're in our house and, and I am not that way. I have nice handwriting and that's what I, about what I had thought. So I did this and as I was doing it, I just saw so many links to the work that I do with my clients with the nervous system. First of all, I felt so relaxed when I was doing it, even though at first, I, as I said, I was like pausing the video to see how did she draw that? How did she do that? And then just sort of relaxing with painting, watercolors is what you recommend, and just filling it in and playing around with it. I found it so regulating that when you did at the end, and, and I think most people these days know when there's workshops that there's going to be an offer following. And I'm like, yes, that's how I get introduced to new things. I love it. So right away, I was like, oh, I'm not even just signing up monthly. I'm doing the full year because I want the full commit. And I know that so many things, you start it and then you can get lost in it. But I know for me, if I commit for the year, it gets to go through the process. And it has been just so... So regulating, I'll say, just because it's the nervous system for so many reasons, because it's a different modality and it's a different way to access creativity and to access what my feelings are, to regulate my nervous system. It's just so, 
so powerful. What for you do you think is such a draw for people to be doing this work? Cause I I'm also, I'm a coach, like everything that you're teaching, the, the content of it, I know it. I know it. And I'm using quotation marks because knowing something is not the same as applying it and feeling it and living it. But what is the draw? Like, what is the hook? Why is it so helpful for people to have this creative outlet? Well, I think mostly because people in their world, the only creativity, quote unquote, that they have is worrying and catastrophizing. That's their kind of creativity. And this is something so different. One of the taglines that I use is it's not about your artwork. It's about your heart work. Mm-hmm. Because I always tell people it doesn't matter what your artwork looks like at all. It's about making marks on the page, which is a metaphor for making marks in your life. Mm-hmm. And I think that the permission to make it super imperfect and the permission of the watercolors that yeah. the watercolors they are not easily controllable. No, no, they're not. (laughs) Yeah, I have to admit, I have a paper towel close by that sometimes. (laughs) Not for perfection, more that like, I'm like, oh, that's going to take too long to dry. Okay, maybe it's for perfection, maybe. (laughs) I do that too sometimes. I usually don't do that when I'm like teaching live because I'm like, let's just leave it. And sometimes I'll have like, my brown hair goes into my face. Yeah, and so I know. Also, I have three yeah. arms and, you know, I'll, or the <laughs> mouth right. is like totally crazy. Yeah. But I love it because when we work with the doodle, everybody creates their own doodle. It's like you're having a relationship with yourself on the page and you can witness yourself in a place of shame or witness yourself in a place of anxiety or witness yourself allowing yourself to be present to the colors moving. And it's, for me, I think one of the biggest draws for people once they experience it is that most personal development comes from, I have to fix myself. Mm -hmm. And this personal development comes from, this is fun. This is playful. The more imperfect it is, the better. Right. Right. And that's probably why it resonated with me because I certainly know in my own work, I mean, I work a lot with the nervous system and with trauma. I don't want to focus on the trauma. I mean, we have to deal with it, but I want to focus on the light and the hope and the healing and the faith and that journey. And so everything is seen. That's why even I call my program instead of nervous system regulation, it's nervous system resilience because resilience is all about embracing it all, the good and the bad and falling apart and standing back up and bending and not breaking. And that to me is that hope, that light. So I can see what you're saying. And I know by taking your classes that it's very much focused on accepting. Yes. Loving, loving. Loving the past, loving what is, loving the future. Yeah. One of the things that I get from feedback from people also is a lot of people who Brene Brown calls them art scars, Mm -hmm. that they were told at a certain time of life that, hey, that picture is no good. Yeah. And so I think that also for people is kind of like this childlike playfulness that they can't find anywhere else in their life. Right. And so they kind of have an experience of, almost being like a child again. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, and as I was sharing with you before we hit record, everybody creates their own little doodle. And I remember like the first time, like I said to you, I was following what you were doing. And then you gave some samples of like what different people, like different hairstyles and different ways. And so I just was like, all right, I can create my own little doodle. And so I did. So I created her and she has this little ponytail and she's wearing this pink purpley dress all the time. And what I, I found a couple things about this little doodle is one in my training with my clients, I really refer to myself and I encourage them to refer to themselves as like their brilliant little person. So I'm always talking about brilliant little Leah. She adapted in this way for her survival, for her, and it was brilliant of her. And now when I say that, I think of my little doodle. Okay, think of her. And I'm like, she is so cute. She's so brilliant. And then the second piece which I think was really important for me is the other thing that I really share with my clients is we talk so much about safety and a lot of people in their life have either never experienced safety, or as you said, they have experienced it. It's harder to access. They go through periods of time where they don't feel safe or they do feel safe. So one of the things that I teach is I help them develop what we call a safety cue, where they get into their bodies, they really learn what safety feels like in their body, and then they anchor it to a body cue. And the purpose of that is so that when they're going through their daily life and they encounter a situation where they feel dangerous, they can just touch their body cue. It brings them right back to the feelings of safety, the thoughts of safety. We're basically using neuroplasticity. We're connecting these thoughts and feelings to a cue. And then what I said to you, what I realized is my brilliant little Leah, I can draw her very, very quickly now. And even if I don't paint her, if I'm just sitting somewhere and maybe feeling a little bit activated or a little bit dysregulated, I can just draw her. And she reminds me of the work that I'm doing in your classes. And I haven't done a ton of them. We, I only started since January and here we are sort of mid-February. So I've done handfuls of them, but I've done enough that I've been drawing and I know what you do is you guide us through also questions, like what are her thoughts and what are her emotions? And that to me, when I draw that doodle, it reminds me of so many of the thoughts and the emotions that are safety to me. So she's yeah. become like another little safety anchor too. And I love yeah. that we can have safety anchors in different places. And I love that this is one that I can create anywhere. Yes. I can just be like at a restaurant, stressed out, pull out a napkin and draw brilliant little Leah doodle and just totally. be reminded of, okay, yeah, this is what she represents. And yeah. this is who she is and who she's going to become. You know, I love that you said that because I actually now can picture mine, my brilliant little Maritza in That's my right. mind. And when I'm feeling dysregulated, feeling triggered or feeling upset, one that comes up for me a lot is standing on a mountain in a, in a bunch of mountains and one mountain in the middle that I'm trying to get to the big one, but I'm not there yet. And it's just little me and saying, you're doing a good job. Yes. And that one comes especially when I'm in launch mode yeah. I'm like ah and I just see that little flash in my brain of that doodle and so it, here's what's really interesting I used to say you have to make marks on the page and I used to tell people don't just plan and move the art supplies around make marks on the page and 
when I started certification, I found out from some of the first class that some of them had not ever created their doodle or done any of the work. Just watching the work had changed everything for them. And I was like, what are you talking about? So I did encourage them to make marks, Mm -hmm. but now I don't think that people have to actually do the doodling. They can watch for a while and then Mm -hmm. do it later. I have somebody in certification right now who she told me that she had just gotten introduced to it a few months ago and she hasn't yet done her doodle, but just thinking about it, just kind of planning it opened up so much for her that she's uncovered with her therapist and worked with her therapist about her own self-image. Her And so I'm like, I, this work is <laughs> amazing. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, I didn't know. Yeah. So I well, keep and that makes so sense. much from people. That makes sense that there's the piece element of imagination. I remember hearing you say that on one of the calls and sometimes I have just, you know, been lying on the couch and just opened it up and I've gone just to explore because there's so many resources in there just to explore. Oh, what is this? And what is this? And I think it really speaks to the power of our imagination and that the same areas of the brain get activated when we're doing something as when we're imagining. And I know, you know, I explain to people on the podcast, I put when we're dysregulated, we are either going to team hyper or team hypo. And what I share is that often when we're in team hypo, you know, it's a collapse system. It's a shutdown system. It's a place of disconnection. So it's really hard for people to get motivated to do anything. So, you know, just even just getting up sometimes and movement, we always talk about exercise is so amazing. Well, when you're in team hypo, it's really movement going from lying to sitting, sitting to standing or imagining movement is sometimes where we have to start. So I can see that for some people, imagining doodling, imagining what it would be like and getting the feedback from listening, because that's really helpful too. But you're sort of starting that pathway off. You're getting that pathway going, laying down the tracks and no pressure at some point. I think it is helpful to start doing the doodle, just like with other people. It's helpful to imagine. It's helpful to move from sitting to standing, from standing to walking. At some point, you want to go out into the sunshine and go for a walk around the block. But these are just little stops along the way on our journey. And I think it's beautiful that this is another way that you can do that. This is another way that you can move towards what I call your zone of resilience. Oh my gosh, I love that. I'm definitely going to have to think about this because that's so interesting, so fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, can you share with me, because there's so much within the university, what are some of the sort of favorite exercises that you have in there? And maybe give us like just an idea of what it looks like. Because so some people may be, what are you talking about? Like doodling and lessons and... Well, some of the most basic ones that get people started with doing watercolors is just like soothing swatches, which is almost like a meditation with watercolors. And so it's about laying down some color and then laying down more color right next to it and allowing all the colors to do what they're going to do. And I used to, my whole body used to tense up because I was like, I wanted it to kind of be perfect. And so for me, that's been such a practice of noticing what's happening in my body when the watercolor is doing what it does without my control, being able to (laughs) 
you know, make it do what I want it to do. Um, So that there's that. There's also cathartic art, which we do sometimes in there that is about just putting your emotions on the page. And I started really doing that when my husband and I were going through a really tough time. Mm -hmm. And I said, I I don't want to keep processing my emotions on him. So I'm going to process them on the page and just get it all out. And then I'm going to come to him in with a more clean emotional space. Mm-hmm. There's also classes that are super detailed. Like we did one at the beginning of last year that's a two series, a two lesson series. So we actually got children's books. And so people who purchased Heartwork Journaling University right before the beginning of last year got inside their box a little book and it's got those like little, when you're learning handwriting, mm-hmm. it's like lines and then the dotted line in the middle. Right. So the whole bottom of each page is a few lines of that. And then there's space white on the top. So we learn how to write a new story, like write our old story. And then how do we want to turn that into our new story without getting rid of the old story? But how do we change the story of what happened so that it serves us? Oh, so, I love that. Oh my gosh, that's so fun. I love Um, that. Yeah. And is that in that box? Because I know when people registered, they got like a box that was sent to them. Is that in the box? That was in the box for one one special promotion. Usually that's not in the box. But I know it only shipped to the US. So what I did, because I'm in Canada, is I had it shipped to my stepson and daughter-in-law who live in New York And they were going to bring it up for me at Christmas, but then they had so many Christmas gifts. I said, no worries. So I'm going to New York in May for my stepson's uh, graduation from law school. So I'm so excited to get the box to see what's in the box. Oh my gosh. You will love the emotional global positioning system. I'm so excited because I looked and I downloaded, I went and explored and Actually, that was one thing that I was going to bring up as well, if you weren't going to touch it. So share with us about it, and then I'll I'll share with you what my thoughts about your emotional global positioning system. (laughs) So it's a map of emotions, and it's based off of the scientific work of Dr. David Hawkins, and but it's also based on the work of Abraham Hicks. When I was like in a really dark place 18 years ago, I had started reading their book and I was like, this is weird. I threw it away. I was like, that's not for me. I'm not going to read that. And then I just kept getting people telling me you should read this book. So I picked it up again and I said, okay, I'm going to put on the shelf what I don't believe in, but I'm going to listen to this message. And they have something called, they call it the emotional scale. And so it helped me so much. So I blended these two things together and I created kind of like a map and it goes from shame, which is it vibrates at a frequency of 20. And then mine goes to 600, which David Hawkins work goes to a thousand, but most normal people, you know, we go to 600. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Jesus and all those. And so I made it into a tool that most people only move up like five points in their emotional life Mm -hmm. during their lifetime, 80%. Mm -hmm. And then there are people who make giant 
changes of hundreds of frequency steps Mm -hmm. in a short period of time. And I feel like I've done that. I used to live in shame. I used to live in despair. I used to live in self-loathing and I used it to move up emotionally. And now I live in courage. I live in willingness. Um, And I do dip down sometimes to shame because Mm -hmm. I'm not a robot. I have a human brain. Mm -hmm. Of course. (laughs) But I can understand it. And then I can use, you know, the information that it's giving me about what I'm thinking. So the EGPS is a tool that people can use to just choose an emotion and then start developing a relationship with that emotion, like letting it in. I did that with despair. I used to have a lot of despair around my business. I was always just under 100000 a year. Mm-hmm. And I would despair that I couldn't, and I would make it mean something about me and all kinds of things. And then I invited despair in. I was in bed and I just said, I'm going to do a session with despair. And I had all my like watercolors and my journal. And when I dove in and I understood what my beliefs were saying about me being like at the same level for years and years, I kind of became free of it and it didn't scare me anymore. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't ever have to feel despair about this again or about a launch that didn't go well. And so with that freedom, I became so much braver because I wasn't making like the failures mean anything about me. And that is when my business became like this incredible magnet Mm -hmm. and everything feels like I have the Midas touch since then. Everything I do is successful. And I mean, it's not always easy. Yeah. I go through all the emotions and everything, but inviting the despair in allowed me to make friends with it and to mm-hmm. not be afraid of it. So now yeah. I'm so much braver with my business. Yeah. Yeah. So people can do that with any emotion. Any emotion. Also, yeah, like with being present. I also cultivated a relationship with that. And the most important thing, I think, is to use it to move your thoughts and beliefs up slowly in a way that is believable to you and brings relief. Yeah. Because most people try to... I did for a long time. I am a millionaire. I yeah. am a millionaire. And I'm like, yeah, I don't believe yeah, that. And your body yeah. doesn't believe that. And yeah. you don't have the capacity for that. That's why we have to build up our capacity yes. for these different emotions. Yeah. 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 And I love one that. of my the things that I love about the emotional global positioning system that I call the EGPS is that people say they laminate it. And some people have emailed and said, I have it in my children's room and I'm using mm-hmm. it as a tool with them. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, that's what I really loved about it too, is that it's such an easy way. Often we have limited vocabulary to start with when it comes to emotions. That's one of the things that I talk about is learning how to grow your vocabulary. What are the different emotions? And there's different ways you can do that. You know, there's apps, there's a feelings wheel, but I love this too, because I know that In order to process an emotion, most of us do it very, very cognitively. We talk about, we think it. And so when you ask somebody how they feel, they usually give you like 20 different thoughts about how they feel. And you're like, okay, those are more thoughts. So what I help people do is we have to enter your body. Like, where do you feel in your body? What's going on in your body? Just 
that felt sense. But what I loved when I saw it also on being able to doodle it, because I know you do different workshops where you, you look at this emotion versus this emotion. I was like, oh, this is almost another way to explore it. And when I say to people, the reason we explore in our body and we let the emotion be there is we're sending a very strong message to our brain when we're doing that, that this emotion is safe. When we resist emotions, we're sending a message that they're dangerous. And it's the same thing when I'm doodling. I can't remember the one that you did recently, but when you're doodling it and you're drawing on it and you're coloring it and you're adding different things, I'm sending my brain a message that this is safe. I've just spent half an hour doodling despair and thinking about. So it becomes another outlet to process things and another outlet to let my nervous system know and widen the capacity for all the emotions that I'm going to feel. And like you said, once you invite in all the emotions, possibilities are endless. I'm not worried about, I'm not worried and I'm not worried about experiencing despair and shame and sadness. I don't like them. I wish I didn't have to, but I also know that it's safe and I have tools that I can use different modalities. Now, now I've got this additional modality of doodling. I had the modality of going in my body. I have the modality of using language and journaling and, and writing things out just different tools that I can access all in the purpose of letting my nervous system know what's safe and building that capacity. Oh my gosh. I love the way you said that. It's totally true. Yeah. I hadn't actually thought of it that way before. And I think that's one of the reasons that I'm so glad every month we do a kind of negative, terrible feeling emotion Mm -hmm. and then neutral or a positive because I'm like, we're not just doing positive. No. No, no way. I used to, I did that for a while, the toxic positivity. Yeah. And that didn't work. We need both. We need to build the capacity. And I'm glad that you do both too, because who knows what people need? Some people, uh, the negative emotions are quite accessible. They live with a lot of the negative emotions and they struggle to feel the positive emotions and to have the positive emotions. So I think it's a great balance that you go in, we're going to explore this one. We're going to explore that one. I I love that. That's one of my favorite parts so far is the contrast of emotions, because I think we really are lacking in society with how to feel. We've been told not to feel, or there's a toxic positivity. We are such a culture focused on praising the cognitive factor, which I, I love. I'm a cognitive girl. I mean, like I, I love thinking I'm, you know, my specialty in speech language pathology is cognitive communication. So I love the cognitive, but the two, the mind, the body, they have to be together. And this is an outlet that sort of combines it all and gives us another way to access. I think the emotional side and the body side and the nervous system side. I totally agree. Well, where can people find you? Because I know everybody's going to have their interest peaked now. They're going to they're going to want to see the little doodles and please share where they can find you. They can go to heartworkjournaling.com. There's like a free lesson there. There's more information on doodle your emotions. We're going to do several sessions this year, which I usually only do a couple of big ones, but we're going to do like five big ones this year. So it's going to be really fun. And every single time I do them, I just feel like the work gets better and 
clearer and more usable for people. So it's so exciting. Awesome. Well, I can't wait. Thank you so much for coming and sharing with us your incredible journey and the incredible offer that you have put out to the world. I know it's really benefited me and I just wanted to share it with my listeners. Oh, Leah, thank you so much. It's been so fun. I'm a fan of you too. So I was delighted to be asked. Awesome. Awesome. And um, if I get brave, I may post my doodle, my brilliant little Leah on my Instagram so people can go there and check out to see what I'm talking about. Oh my gosh. Um, I may have to, if you do, I may have to, you know, draw her a few times to work through some emotions of, of getting myself to put it on there, but I'm sure I'll get there. So go check it out. And this has been a great interview. Thank you so much. And I will see everybody next time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the building resilience podcast. If you're interested in learning a little bit more about managing stress, building resilience, and leading a more purposeful life, then make sure we're connected on Instagram and Facebook at Leah Davidson Life Coaching. You can also subscribe to my weekly newsletter at www.leahdavidsonlifecoaching.com forward slash newsletter. Looking forward to connecting.